Oh, that that sounded about as authentic as uh, your smile on your face when you go to the dentist, right? And uh, so let's try that again. How many excited to be in the house, Lord, this morning? Can we give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise? Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen and amen. And uh, hey, uh, just to echo with Pastor Micah and Lindsay, uh, man, we're so excited about what God's doing in their life and heart. Um, and so on March the 14th, that will be their last Sunday with us. We are going to actually have a, a one-time special offering we want to bless them with. Um, so you, if uh, you kind of have in your mind that you want to uh, do something, yesterday they had a, a yard sale uh, that uh, they did over in the venue, and, and uh, the Lord really blessed them. I think they raised a little over $6,000 in one yard. That's, that's a pretty awesome yard sale, right? And, uh, and so uh, we want to help them uh, go on the journey of uh, getting to Guatemala March 16th, so I'm excited about that. If you got your life notes, uh, pull them out with me this morning, and uh, we're going to jump into a brand-new message series that I am absolutely ecstatic over. And you say, Brad, why would you be ecstatic? And it's because I really believe this is our culture and our DNA uh, at, at our roots. It's who I believe God has called us to be. Uh, four years ago, uh, we actually launched this message series, and then for the last four years, we've done some form or fashion of a window of a series that, that kind of had the same DNA, the same heartbeat. Um, but I decided we're going to go back and just revisit the same title we did four years ago, not necessarily preaching the same verses in the same context, but we are preaching the same heart behind it. And the, uh, the, the series that we're embracing here is I Love Where I Live. And so, uh, uh, come on, turn the person beside you and give them a high five real quick and say, hey, I love where I live uh, real quick. If you couldn't say it like you mean it, maybe by the end of this message series, you will be able to because I believe with every fiber of my being that God has called you and I to love where we live because that was the motivation of God. It said that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that his motivation was driven by love to die on the cross, to, to embrace this world. And so uh, as Christ embraced the world, you and I should embrace our communities, embrace Faultful and Danville and Somerville and Priceful and, um, and uh, Decatur and Hartzell and all the surrounding areas is that you and I have a responsibility, and that is to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. So these next few weeks, we're going to really jump in to this idea and concept, and I believe uh, that it needs to be ingrained deep in our heart that uh, we, we're supposed to go beyond these four walls, that you and I are supposed to be salt and light and make a difference. Um, and so we're going to land here in a moment in Ephesians chapter 4, if you want to open your Bible up or you want to get your phone out and click to it or uh, swipe or ever, ever how you get uh, to your Bible with technology and all the above, right? And uh, so we're going to land Ephesians 4 just here in a minute. Um, but as I'm kind of setting this up and letting you know, uh, Hoover's back there clicking. Y'all did a good job. Y'all ready to go. Uh, our big idea is simply this today, all right? Our big idea is leadership is influence. I want to unpack that for you for one moment before we jump into our message today because I want you to really see yourself. If I said, are you a leader in this room, the vast majority of people do not consider themselves a leader. You say, nope, Brad, that's not me because maybe you don't have a title. And the truth is, true leadership has nothing to do with titles, business cards, corner offices, or uh, uh, promotions and, and uh, names beside websites, right? The true leadership is all about influence. Everybody say influence. This idea of influence is so drastically important. 
Because the truth is you and I are influenced every single day by somebody or by something. And the responsibility we have is to choose what do I allow to influence my heart? What do I allow to influence my emotions? What do I allow to influence? For some of us, it's what you read on your social media, Facebook feed. It's what you watch on uh, CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or whatever uh, is happening politically. It literally uh, saturates and can influence the kind of day that you're going to have. It can influence your attitude. It can influence your mindset and what we open up or maybe your your uh, point of view or maybe your desires are influenced by a Hollywood movie star or, or you see uh, Michael Jordan is eating a Whopper from Burger King and all of a sudden you're going like, dude, I'm craving a Whopper. So Michael Jordan just influenced me to go get a Whopper with cheese cut in half, heavy ketchup, no onion. All right, come on somebody, that's like manna from heaven. And so we're all influenced. And I have a question for us today as we're processing through this. What do we allow? Because influence is only given by permission. And so when I give permission to somebody to influence me, or maybe today you need to realize that you, if you don't have a title or you're not in a place of leadership, but you have influence, who do you, who has given permission in their life, has given permission to you to influence them? If you're a mom or a dad in this room, you are an influencer of those children. Maybe you sit beside somebody at your workplace that you need to look at with a brand new lens and realize that you're there maybe not just to draw a paycheck, but maybe you're there because you're supposed to influence them for the kingdom and for the cause of Christ. And so when you begin to realize and understand that true leadership, my friend, is 100% about influence. Matter of fact, in society right now, there's a brand new term that did not exist a few years ago. Um, and so I, I Googled, because you know, you can Google anything and find out the answer to it. Uh, I Googled top 10 social media influencers, um, and it brought up this page right here. I, I didn't know any of the 10, right? Uh, I was clueless. But this is actually a word now, a social media influence. So the top social media influence in the world uh, marks something, all right? I didn't know any of these guys have like 6 million followers. These folks do this for a living, all right? They make like millions of dollars, and all they do is post on social media. Is anybody interested in for a job application? Sign me up. And, uh, but people pay them because they're the social media influencers. That's the word that society is using today. And so very simply, before you walk out of this room this morning, I want you to see yourself as an influencer, as a leader. Whether you are influencing one person, you're influencing dozens, or maybe you influence thousands. God has not called you to sit still and stagnant and just sulk and pout he has called you and I to be salt and light to this world. And the question is, if we truly love who we live, then my love will drive me to a place that I'm going to love and I'm going to love hard and I'm going to love truthfully, but I'm going to influence people from the platform and the place that God has put me in. Are you ready? Let's look this morning. Number one, they're in your notes, and we're talking about being a influencer, right? Number one, my role is to influence because of my calling. 
We're going to go through three simple points. Number one is going to be your calling, your gifting. Maybe you can write beside that, just write my gifting, and, and it really give you just a, a simple handles to put on. And, and all of us in this room, God has given you a gift. For God so loved the world that he gave, all right? So it, it's a giving is a gift that we receive. So you have been giving a gift. Some have been given the gift of singing. Some people think they've been given the gift of singing, but they haven't, right? Some people have been given the gift of administration, the gift of leadership, the gift of finances, the gift of entrepreneurialism, the gift of uh, strategic thinking, that we are not all the same. We're made different. We Some in this room, you're extremely creative. And man, God has gifted you with the ability to be creative. And then some of us in this room, the most creative you get is the ability to draw a stick figure on a piece of paper. That's about as creative as you get. And so your gifting and your calling go hand in hand because it's a gift that comes from God, are you with me this morning? Right, I got a lot of raccoon eyes staring at me this morning. Your gifting and your calling is how God has equipped you and he's put something inside of you and you'll make an impact in the kingdom of God and your gifting. And a lot of times we spend a lot of our lives searching for our gifting. Your gifting is what probably comes naturally to you. It's probably something that brings you joy in your life. It's probably something that may be difficult for somebody else, but it comes relatively easy in your life. And so that's probably your gifting. It's probably your calling. Ephesians chapter number 4, I want you to see this, and it speaks specifically to my calling, to Brad Sheets' calling. And then there's application that you guys can pick up. We can pick up from the truth here. So Christ himself gave, right? What do you do with gifts? You give them, right? It's a gift from God, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to do what? To equip. Everybody say equip. See, a lot of people, they'll say, leave this verse up there for me. They'll say, uh, oh, so you're in the ministry. And that's really not good theology. I know it's a big word. It's not good theology for people to feel like, oh, you're a uh, a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, a teacher, an a employee at a, at a machine shop, whatever you do for a living, and then you look at like Brad Sheets and you go, oh, I'm in the ministry and you're not. The truth is, if you're a New Testament believer, we are all in the ministry. Hello? Let me set this clear for you. There's a hat that I wear because of my gifting, my calling, and then there's a hat that I wear that we'll talk about in a minute that every one of us in this room wear because of my dis being a disciple and a follower of Christ. And so your gifting is that place inside of your life that comes from God and your job. You will stand before the Lord and you will have to give an account for the stewardship of the gifting that he has put inside of your heart. So if he has made you the ability to teach, you will have to give an account for your stewardship of what he put in that calling and that gifting. If you have had children, mom and dad, listen to me, you have a calling and an empowerment in your life to be a mom, to be a dad, and you have a gifting. It's your calling right now. Just, it may just be one of your callings or one of your giftings that you have to, to walk out and you have to be willing to carry that out. And so it may not apply to everybody, but if what applies to you. So you need to fill in your own blank state. But look at what my job is. I want you to see this today. And uh, so I'm a pastor. I love people. People are not an inconvenience in my life. Right? I love red, yellow, black, and white, tall, short, fat, skinny, rich, poor. I just love people. Right? Stanky breath and those who've got a peppermint in their mouth. I love them all because I love people. Are you with me today? Yes, I do love you, sir. Here we go. And teachers, look at what he says that my job is, is to equip. 
to equip. To equip who? His people. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a follower of Christ. You are a disciple of Christ. And my job is to stand in this pulpit, is for us as a church to have small groups and, and uh, um, uh, classes and for us to stand here and to equip you that you can be equipped to go be um, a mom, be, be equipped to go be a husband, be equipped to go be a follower of Christ, be equipped to go to your workplace and be an influencer, for you to be equipped. And so why would I need to be equipped for the work of service? Another translation says, for the work of the ministry. So as a pastor, my job is to equip. My job's not the ministry. As a disciple, my job is the ministry. Your job as a disciple and follower of Christ is the work of the ministry. What does that mean? That means to influence, to encourage, to be salt and light, to lead people to hope to lead people to love, to lead people to a place in their life where they're hurting and they're empty and they're just looking for an answer in the realization that you and I are walking to the cure or carry the cure to the answer that they're looking for in their life. And it's your job and my job to be equipped to help them find that answer in their life, which we know is a relationship with Jesus Christ. So number one, my role in my calling and my gifting, God wants to use it for influence. And so realize mom and dad I'm going to I'm going to settle there for just a moment mom and dad the biggest influencer in your children's life should be you it's tough you got a 15 year old a 13 year old and an 8 year old life gets busy and the question I ask myself on a daily basis am I the biggest influencer in their life do I help shape their character do I help shape their sexuality? Do I help shape their, their fortitude? Do I help shape their integrity? Do I help shape uh, their, their study habits? Do I help shape uh, their giving and their generosity? Do I help shape literally who they are? Do I influence them or am I bowing my knee and allowing YouTube and social media and the person they're riding beside on the school bus and Instagram and Facebook and I'm allowing everybody else to be a bigger influencer in their life than me. And it doesn't come back to put parameters and controls uh, that, that you're saying, hey, I'm trying to, to, to hoard over you and shelter you, but it's realizing that I want to be able to look them in the eye and say that God has given me. Remember, because influence happens by permission. You might have the title of being mom and the title of being dad, but if you've lost the permission to have influence and they're giving the permission to somebody else or something, you absolutely will know, my friend. And so you come back and you say, God, I need to be an influencer in my child's life, in my son's, my daughter's life, to help shape them into who you have called them to be. Are you with me? Amen or owe me this morning? Let's go ahead and give an amen. Ready? <laughs> Saying, I, I, I've been called I've been gifted as a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa or that place of influence. And the question is today, are you walking that out? You say, Brad, I don't know what to do. I feel so empty and fall short. Guess what? I, I youth pastor 12 and a half years. I've been in full-time pastoral ministry now for uh, 10 and a half years. And I still am reading books and I'm listening to podcasts because even though I've watched a lot of teenagers go uh, through their adolescence and all the up, I'm standing right in the middle of saying, I don't know how to do all of this. 
And, Lord, I need your wisdom in my life. I need your impartation. Are you with me this morning? I need your, your power that you can empower my calling as a father to my children. Y'all don't have to say amen. It's all right. Number two, here we go. Y'all dancing with me this morning. It's all good. Number two, our role is to influence because of our relationship as a disciple. So the first way I influence is through my calling and my gifting. Second way I influence is through my inheritance as a child of God. Ain't got nothing to do with your calling, gifting, talents, and ability. It's got everything to do with the fact that whose you are. That I'm a sheet. No matter what country I go to, no matter where I stand, no matter where I live, that I'm a sheet by name because of my inheritance. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a child of God by your inheritance. You are a son or a daughter. And because you are a disciple, because you are a son or daughter of Christ, we are called to be salt and light. 1 Peter 3.15 says, be ready to give an account for the hope that you and I have in our life. That you and I need to walk in hope. We don't need to walk downtrodden. We don't need to walk empty. We don't need to walk in hate or anger or unforgiveness. We don't need to walk uh, carrying the weight of the world on our shoulder because as a disciple we say why in the world would I carry something that Christ has paid the price for and that I have influence because I am a disciple of his watch this verse right here Peter I mean uh, Paul the apostle Paul is talking to young Timothy one of the past he's a young pastor at this time second Timothy chapter number two uh, he's bouncing over to Timothy and he's saying Timothy here's what I want you to do he said I want you to recognize these people he said and you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust reliable people and, and I, you say how does this first attach because I believe part of the issue that we deal with all right buckle up buttercup I don't hurt your feelings but let's just we're, we're going to mature through this it's part of the equipping Part of the issue has been, God, I want you to equip me to be a follower of Christ. I want you to equip me to be the husband. I want you to equip me to be the wife. I want you to equip me to be the mom. I want you to equip me to uh, be the business owner and to inflex, uh, and, uh, uh, empower and uh, affect my employees. I want you to equip me, use my life. But the truth is, what is Paul telling Timothy? You need to focus on reliable people. That you don't show, have you ever played on a sports team with somebody who don't show up to practice but wants to play in the game? You don't, you're not reliable. They don't show up on time. They like to leave early to make up for getting there late. Right? I said that right. And it's the biggest problem I see in so many people's lives and hearts. And, and I, I'm, I'm not saying this in a condemnation place. But most of the time, so we've taught financial peace. I'll use this as an example. We've taught financial peace here a couple of times at the church. Most of the time, the people who go through financial peace are already pretty decent stewards of their money. The people who really need it and are deep in debt don't have time to go through a financial peace class. Most of the time, the people, we're going to do a marriage conference, hopefully the end of this year. Most of the time, the people who go to the marriage conference already have a pretty decent marriage. The ones who really need to go to the marriage conference are too busy and don't have time to invest in their marriage. Are you with me? The people who say, God, I want you to use my life, equip me, 
aren't reliable and faithful and consistent to putting themselves in a position for God to equip them and make them better. And the truth is today, you and I, if we're truly going to be influenced, one of the first things we need to do is not your ability, but it's your availability to say, I'm willing, God, to do whatever you need me to do. You say, Brad, I'll be available as long as you give me a title. The truth is today, you don't need a title, you need a towel. You need to learn to do what Jesus did and start serving and start loving people, start forgiving, start saying, I'm not here to get served, but I'm here to serve. You may not ever stand on a micro or stage with a microphone. You may not ever have a business card with your name beside it, but you say, God, I am available and I'm willing and I don't know everything. I don't have everything figured out and I'm not too big to do something small. Hello, are you with me this morning? I'll tell you what happened to me last week, and I don't say this bragging, but just to say this in a posture thing, I walk in the coffee shop Monday morning, and uh, the girls behind the stage, for y'all that don't know it, our church offices are in the back of the coffee shop, and a little girl working behind the counter, she said, Ben, don't you go and come up with me, all right? She said, uh, oh, Pastor Brad, we got a problem. I said, okay, what's the problem? We can fix it. And uh, she said, the sink stopped up in the women's bathroom. I said, all right. So I put my stuff down. I went down and I looked, and somebody had vomited in the sink, right? And uh, if you need me to describe how I know it was vomit, we'll talk about it after church, right? right. And uh, I walked back out. I said, hey, give me some gloves. And, uh, and they said, you're going to clean it up? And I said, yeah. I said, I, I ain't too big to plunge some toilets and scrub some vomit out of sinks if I need to. Because guess what, my friend? You and I are called, and we're not too big to, to help pick up somebody who's stinky and dirty and messy. If you're too good to do something small, if you're too good to get your hands dirty, my friend, you are really too selfish and prideful for God to ever use you in a powerful way. Just the way it is. And that's why, as a church, hey, we're going to love the red, the yellow, the black, the white. We're going to love those with tattoos and blue hair and piercings, and we're going to love those who live in mansions and make millions of dollars, that it does not matter the color of your skin or your socioeconomic status, my friend, because God so loved the world that hurt and despair and pain and people looking for an answer does not have a respect or is not a respecter of persons. And you and I have a job, and that takes me to number three. So my first role is in my calling and my gifting to be an influencer. My second role is because I'm a disciple. And I'm without excuse because he looked at the disciples in Matthew 28 and he said, go therefore into all the world and make disciples. It's that last commandment that he gave us to be an influencer, regardless of your personality or your personality type that God has called you to influence. Maybe it's just one person at a time. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's the other introvert that works across the hallway from you, and you don't even like talking to people, but it's okay because really all, you can just sit in the room and stare at each other. You ain't got to talk. But it's saying, God, I want to influence. I want my life to be an influence on people. And it takes us to number three, which is our assignment. There in your notes, our assignment as a disciple is to influence. In 11th grade, I graduated from Hartzell. As most of you know, 11th grade, I was 
playing football for Coach Don Woods. Some of y'all know him. And um, I'll never forget a game against Grissom. We were on the south side of the end zone towards Pep's funeral home, about five yards away from the end zone. We had a play. It's called 13-17, which basically it was, it was a uh, option. He could hand off or he could pitch it out, and Chuck Pointer was a tailback. And uh, he called 13-17, and I'm playing tight end. Okay. So my job was get the first guy that could get to the running back. We kicked the linebacker out. Some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you girls like, yeah. This is a guy's illustration, right? So just hang with me. Kick the linebacker out, and then the strong safety was on me, and the cornerback was on Herman Banks. Everybody knows who Herman is. And I come off the ball, and I picked up the strong safety and blocked my guts out. I was blocking out. We're going to score a touchdown. And the linebacker that had kicked out, he came and he just ran over Chuck. We didn't make a touchdown come off the field and Coach Woods did a pull up on my face mask. Some of y'all been there before. <laughs> he said some very encouraging words to me and uh, let me know that I missed my assignment. And I have a question for us today. Is it possible that you and I may get to the end of our life and stand before God one day and he said, Brad, you did a lot of good. You made, you had a great block. You did some good stuff, but you missed your assignment. It's impossible as a father that I can raise three kids and miss my assignment. I teach them how to shoot a basketball, and I teach them how to catch a football, and I teach them how to swing a bat, and I teach them how to, how to clean their room, and I teach them how to, to live life, but I never teach them about the, the assignment of how to be a follower of Christ and, and do those things, yes, and we're going to compete, and I'm all about sports and athletes, and to do those things with character and integrity and fortitude and perseverance inside their life, but shame on me if I miss my assignment as a father, if I miss my assignment as a husband. And yeah, we've been married 22 years, but is our, is our relationship stronger than it's ever been before? Do I love my wife as Christ loves the church? But yeah, we're cohabitating in the same house, but have I missed my assignment? Yeah, we built a church in Coleman, a church in Hartzling, into a third campus hopefully in the next couple of years, and we're, we're man, but, but I missed my assignment. Because at the end of the day, my friend, it, we have an assignment, and I, I just have to ask that question today. Are you influencing? Are you spending your time, energy, and effort to be in the influence that God's called you to be at home, at your workplace, in our community because we love where we live? And I promise you if the day ever comes where we quit loving this community, we'll close these doors and never open them again because we've been called to be salt and light. We exist to bring the love of Jesus to all those around us. Are you with me this morning? What's your assignment? That's God, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to get to heaven and have my laundry list, all the good stuff that we did. And he said, yeah, but Brad, you missed it. Good stuff, but you missed it. 
So here's what we're going to do. We're fixing to pray. We're going to take over positivity and heartful and thoughtful and some of them Christ follow the air. So I'm going to give you a challenge. That challenge is this I love where I live. Between now and Easter, as we start to unroll and unfold what Easter is going to look like for us as a church family, it's going to be an incredible, incredible weekend. Uh, we'll give you more details starting next week on it. But I'm going to ask you to fast negativity towards government. Hello? Towards municipalities, towards school systems, towards coaches and teachers. How about just all negativity told and say, I'm going to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. And so I'm going to fast negativity because I'm telling you today, some of you don't can't put two plus two together and a lot of your anxiety and depression, heaviness and weight and apathy and everything you've been dealing with is because you've allowed the enemy to come in and bring so much negativity in your life that it's literally like you are drinking poison and you're wondering why you feel sick. And so we're going to fast negativity. We're going to say, hey, we're, we're no, no negativity. And we're going to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. So I'm going to ask you at least once a week. You can do it every, every day of the week if you want to. When you're at Walmart, you go, man, I love, I love these lines at Walmart. They're amazing. I love checking myself out, baby. This is beautiful. I love where I live. Hashtag, I love where I live. I'll put it up there for us uh, here a second. Hashtag, I love where I live. Then tag the church, and we'll, we can reshare it and help. And we're going to go, you're sitting at a ball game, man. Hashtag, I love where I live. You're picking your child up in the car line. Hashtag, I love where I live. You're eating at one of the 18 Mexican restaurants that we have in this city. I love where I live. <laughs> that there's enough negativity in this world, man, and I'm going to be a part of the solution. That maybe instead of being ugly to your neighbor, you put a smile on your face, man, hey, I'm so glad I live next door to you, man, because I love where I live. Are you with me today? We will overcome evil with good. From front to back, side to side, stand up on your feet with me this morning. As we pray every single week, we say, Holy Spirit, how does this apply to us? I want you to close your eyes with me right now. I want you to ask the Lord that question. Say, how does this message apply to me? Maybe in this room you recognize some of you've lost your assignment and today before you walk out of this room, man, you need to get some clarity on your assignment. Some of you have a gift and a calling in your life and you've let it grow stale and stagnant and you have not used it. And I'm telling you today, you say, Brad, what should I do? Man, just be available. Start serving. Start doing your part. And I promise you, the Bible says that your gift will make room for you. That today you need to realize that maybe you're in the middle of the prison cell, Paul and Silas, because God wants you to influence the, 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 the centurion. God wants you to influence the other prisoners that's there. Maybe you're at your workplace because God wants you to be an influencer. He wants you to bring hope and purpose into that dark place. Maybe, just maybe, you live in the neighborhood that you live in because God wants you to be an influencer to your neighbor in front of you, behind you, or beside you. Maybe, just maybe, my friend, when we wake up and realize that we need to be a part of the answer and not a part of the problem, when we wake up and realize that God has called us to be salt and light and be the giver of hope, that today that we answer that question in our life. And we say, God, you can use me to influence. And so today, if that's you, you say, you know what, Brad, I want to be an influencer. 
Come on, from front to back, side to side, let's surrender that to him this morning. Say, God, we want to love where we live. We want your blessing to rest in this community. I pray that you would raise up influencers. If you're a mom or a dad of a teenager in this room, I want you to begin to pray right now with me. God, raise up influencers in our school system. Father God, that the answer is not in drugs or alcohol or promiscuity, Father, but the answer, Lord, can be found in, in righteous teenagers who stand and make a difference, Father. God, I pray that you'd raise up influencers in junior high and elementary school. Father, that, Lord, that they come against bullying and come against, Lord, destroying uh, the, the lives and hearts of, of their peers, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that we would literally see a release of revival and loving where we live and your presence being welcome. And God, we declare that in this place, in this house, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise this morning? God bless you guys. Let's worship this